Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is Joan Carr Wigan, and we're going to be talking about her new movie, A Grand Romantic Gesture. Welcome back to the show, Joan. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. Oh, we had so much fun last time. I enjoyed our interview so much. We laughed a lot. You are, you are, you are a delight as an interviewer. It is a pleasure with you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> That's very sweet of you to say. I appreciate that. Well, you're a great guest. We had lots to talk about. I love the way you write. I love your films. Um, I am, I'm a huge fan. I have to tell you, after last year when you were on the show for Getting to Know You, which I loved, I, I went back and started watching your other movies, and I just, I'm a huge fan of the work that you're doing and uh, the way that you're writing for women, older women of a certain age, and uh, we don't have enough of those movies out there, movies for grown-ups, so I, I love that what you're doing. Let's talk a little bit about Grand Romantic gesture. Tell the audience a little bit about what this film is all about. It's about a woman it's played by Gina McKee and she's a scientist and she loves her career and then she is forced out of her job due to cutbacks and uh, she's miserable and her family, uh, her husband and her pregnant daughter are like, oh no problem mom, you know, learn how to do gourmet cooking, you can make lovely meals for us you can look after the grandkid and all of this and uh, so she takes his gourmet cooking class, hates it completely and instead goes to an amateur drama class and then she is cast as Juliet in Romeo and Juliet and uh, kind of falls for the man playing Romeo. I love it because it's such a surprise to everyone that it's an older couple playing Romeo and Juliet, which puts a whole new twist on the story. <laughs> yeah, and it's, um, you know, it's nice because you can be older and still fall in love. It happens. You can still, you still feel like Romeo and Juliet, right? Anytime you fall in love. Well, you know, listen, I think even though, our, you know, our, our, the number may be saying one thing of our age, um, how we feel inside is entirely different. Um, so with lot, you know, what you, how we feel like, you know, for me, it's 39. <laughs> you know, Jack Benny always talked about being 39. And I got it. I get it. I go, yeah, 39. That's yeah, that was a wonderful year. Perfect. And then sometimes you still feel 12. <laughs> It's true too. So, so I love your cast. Again, you do such a wonderful job with your casting. Gina McKee. Oh my goodness, she is so good in this. And um, in the uh, what's I? You know, I, I'm so sorry, Douglas Hodge, uh, who Douglas plays Hodge. Romeo. Talk a little. Tony like he's an amazing actor. They're both wonderful. They are. Tell me about your your casting process in this one. How did you, Gina? For many people, you if you've ever seen Notting Hill, you remember Gina McKee from Notting Hill for sure, and many other things. But she, she's a marvelous actress, and and you know this part is a you know heavy duty, lots of emotions that she has to portray in, in this character, but you know silently say you know this the way she acts throughout this is where it's you know just the quiet acting and uh, her expressions and all of that. So talk a bit about her and um, your cast and casting her and what that process was. We were lucky. I wrote the part of Simon for Douglas Hodge because we'd work with him on another movie, The Bet. And he is a delight to work with. He is wonderful. So um, he has the same agent as Gina. So I, I didn't actually think we'd get Gina. Our budgets aren't great and we shoot in, you know, Northern Ontario and Canada and people don't necessarily want to rush to do it. And that's so uh, Doug was kind of 
enough, he talked to Gina on the phone and, uh, you know, I think he talked her into a little bit and, and she came on board and oh, she was just wonderful. She's the most amazing person to work with. She's, she's, she plays often like kind of colder characters, but oh, she is just so much fun. Like she is just constant laughs with her and she stays on set just in case we need her. Like she's not one who disappears into her trailer forever. So, and, and Doug is the funniest guy on the planet. So, I mean, everyone says the shoot was really nice, but even when they hate each other, but on ours, it really, really was. We had a great time. That is that's that, you, that comes through too. I think when you when you see the film, Douglas Hodge, I'm not as familiar with. I'm sorry to say, but I have to tell you, when I first saw him, I'm going, well, what does she find attractive about him? What? Why would she? You know, her husband's really good looking in this film. Uh, the actor that plays her husband, Dylan Lewin. No, no, uh, that's Rob Stewart. Oh, Rob Stewart. Okay. Rob Stewart. Husband, yeah. All right. Yeah. So he was, you know, he's very good looking and everything. And then, you know, yeah. Douglas Hodge is, you know, a little pudgy, not, you know, what you call a, you know, a romantic yeah, he's more of an ordinary guy, and then, but he's got this amazing personality and this spark and this wit, and that's it. That's that's what it takes, right? You don't always fall in love with the prettiest person in the room. It's exactly true. I mean, that's what came through. He just he did. He, you just go, oh, I can see why she fell in love with him. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it is, and how he was with her, and you know, it, it's 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 really. It, it, very interesting. You, I have a quote from you, and I'm going to read this to you. Um, as a writer, you understand why every single line is there, and why and why everything is happening to the characters, and why they do what they do. So you always have the answers for the actors when they come to you. I think it would be very difficult to direct something that I didn't write, meaning you. So talk. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, you get inside the heads of these characters as you're writing these films yeah they're the characters are really real to me and then you know sometimes the actors do something different and i do try to be open to that because when you get really good actors they can go in a direction sometimes that uh that you didn't expect and that's nice anyway but yeah i i think to do something someone else wrote i i would find that really hard you know it just would feel do i really know why that person did that? i mean maybe for something you really really love but as it happens i love writing so i don't have to go to anybody else's scripts that's you know and you're very prolific too because you were just you know we getting to know you just opened up last year and here you are with this brand new m- movie what are you working on going forward from uh, you have we any- have one going to, going to camera on March 4th with another one. Uh, so, yeah, but it's, you know, we're very lucky. There is this funding program in Northern Ontario in Canada, and they've been very generous to us, and it's a nice place to work. The people are, it's small there, but people are incredibly friendly and relaxed. And so, you know, when I was young, we only got in the business in our 40s, my husband and I, and then when we were younger, there were lots of times we struggled to get financing, and we couldn't, and now if we can, then let's do them it's fun yeah you're on a roll (laughs) definitely on a roll so when did you shoot this grand romantic gesture did you shoot it during the pandemic no we shot it just before the pandemic um and then we went into it I was almost finished post-production when the lockdown hit. And then we were extra careful because we're old and my husband has some pre-existing, some, you know, risk factors. So we were very, you know, we really didn't go at all. So then I tried finishing it up, you know, at a distance. They sent me this fancy 4K monitor and big speakers and everything. But I found that really frustrating. So actually, we waited till I was double vaxxed and then I got to go into the post-production house and finish it off. So there was quite a delay there. And um, when is, this is 
opening up this month, February, correct? Next, next Tuesday in the U.S. from Gravitas. Okay, and, and and we'll have a theatrical. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think small movies generally have much in the way of theatricals anymore. To be honest, I mean, I don't. It, that, that seems more and more for these, you know, giant superhero things. Yeah, I was just reading this morning that they said there will be fewer few films released for theatrical um, screenings uh, in 2022, and that's kind of sad. But, you know, a lot of people are still afraid to go to the movie theater. I mean, we were just going back, and then, you know, Omicron hit. I think the other thing is, like, we, especially during COVID, like, we all got these fancy big TVs yes. and everything, and it, it, I'm, I'm not so much theater is, is, is better. I remember many years ago when I was pregnant, just be, I used to go to movies three times a week, and then when I was having my daughter, it was like, I was heartbroken, oh my goodness, and, you know, what will I do without movies? I think, but, you know, I think there are a lot of a lot of women are maybe less likely to go. Um, people, you know, it's expensive. You pay for parking, maybe a babysitter, all the snack stuff. So I, I don't really care. If people want to watch something at home. I'm fine with that. I think I agree with you. I was one of those people who got the big screen TV during the pandemic, you know, and exactly that. I enjoy, you know, it is a different experience, though. When I have gone to see some films in the theater, uh, I did go see Belfast in the theater and, you know, several others. Um, there's still something about that big screen experience that certain yeah that that you need to yeah that film should be seen you know some films are just so visually um just beautiful i just did an interview with um billy august for his film the pact about um karen blixen and he was a cinematographer before and each scene in that film is just like a piece of art the the lighting and the color even though i watched it at home because i got have a screener i thought oh this in the movie theater would be even more spectacular than it was at home so yeah there's a place for both go ahead the other thing is for comedies because we i haven't attended any screening of this movie so it's just you know going out and we didn't even do a cast and crew screening because of covid and and that i don't like because it is nice to be there and see i one thing i always interests me is you know what line do they respond to the most what do they laugh at most i had a line in one script where someone refers to a young woman that she gave up her virginity for lent and <laughs> I did not get a laugh in North America. And then we screened it in England. It was the biggest laugh in the movie. So, I love it. Really and we're not going to have that on this one. It's so. a great line. <laughs> okay. It did actually happen with the girl I went to high school with. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You when we talked last time, you you said you could just get you can start you can write a script from just a little kernel of something somebody does or yeah. says. Yeah, I the, love the right part. I love that. I, yeah. I I can tell. I can tell. So, what was the uh, kernel that sparked this movie? A grand romantic gesture. We did a movie. Oh God, about twelve years ago now, I think, with Marsha Gay Harden. Um, if I were you, and in it. She is cast as uh, in a production of Lear as Lear. And I think it was the first time a woman had ever played Lear on film. And I really liked that. So I, I kept thinking on Shakespeare, what else, what else, what else? And I thought, oh, yeah, somebody older playing Romeo and Juliet. And like talking to Gina, Gina, Doug had played Romeo twice before. But uh, Gina said that when she was young, she was all punky with purple hair and no one would have cast her as Juliet. So I thought it was nice to give her a chance to play Juliet at, at her age. 
Yes, definitely. Yeah, to yeah. Again, it's just an unusual uh, situation to have Romeo and Juliet be older. So let's talk. I, your daughter's in this. I saw it in the credits. That's my. That's my niece. Oh, your niece. Okay. So which? And go ahead. She plays Michelle, the one who's originally cast as Juliet, who then loses the role at the start, um, and she is. So she is four months pregnant there. She she texted me just before she had she found out late that she was pregnant. It's like I'm four months pregnant, but she barely shows at all. So that is that is my great niece's kind of Briar's first appearance on camera. She is a tiny little bump. <laughs> I, well, I, I, because of the name, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe it might be your daughter because I know. I think you said you're, she's an attorney. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, my daughter is a constitutional lawyer. Although right now she's home with my new little grandson. Oh, how fun! Yeah, Leor. He's just wonderful. We call after COVID. We call him our reason to live. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> days come on it's nice to see a baby it's true it's true um given that so with the um so i love the actress and i I know she's so familiar and i can't i don't know what else she's been in but that played the daughter the pregnant daughter Oh, Rose Reynolds. Yes. She's uh, actually, that's interesting. She was our, our UK casting director. She's British. She was our UK casting director's niece, but she didn't tell me. Simone did not tell me. She sent me all of these actresses went on tape and I, I picked Rose absolutely the best. And they were an amazing bunch and from some big acting families, but you know, Rose was the best. And only at the end did Simone say, that's my niece. So yeah, there's, there's two nieces in the movie. Two nieces. It's in my niece. A little nepotism, but that doesn't hurt. <laughs> They're both very good. <laughs> they both earned it. So. Yes, they did. They definitely did. Um, and, and she's just, she's so funny. All of her facial expressions. And she's really very good. And the young man who played her husband. What does... Dylan Llewellyn. Okay. Doug kept saying on set, in a few years, we're all going to be working for Dylan. And I, he, since then, he has the lead. He's from Dairy Girls, which is on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a delightful show. Okay. He's on that. Oh, you will like that show. Really, that's worth checking out. Okay, and I will. He's in um, a new Channel 4 in the UK series. He's the lead in it. And in Danny Boyle's new miniseries on the Sex Pistols, he plays one of the Sex Pistols. Oh, wow. So we were lucky to get him when we could because he's just going straight up. Wow. That, you know, it's always fun. I'm sure for you, very rewarding when you work with young actors and then you just watch them, you know, it's like a springboard and they just move forward and you know that you had a little, you had a part in that um, by yeah. you know, casting them. No, that does feel good, yeah. Now, the woman who, again, I, I, I'm so sorry that I'm not, I'm not knowing whose name is whose, but the woman who plays uh, Douglas Hodge's wife. What? Okay, that is Linda Cash. Linda Cash. Linda Cash, she is the, well, she's a very famous opera singer, Marine Forrester. She is Marine Forrester's daughter. Uh, she, she's she been in two Christopher Guest movies. She's amazing at improv. I mean, we've had her in three movies now. Um, she was in uh, Getting to Know You and playing this very frumpy woman, very different, and in The Bat. Um, and she's she's just, I wrote this for her, and, and she's she's wonderful. She's <laughs> lovely to work with. I loved her. I just loved her. Now, let's talk about the fact that how you set up the narration, how you had both Gina and um, 
Linda. Linda's character do the narration of this film? Yeah, I, I wanted to make an unromantic movie about romance. You know, it's about falling in love, but I wanted like, a distance from it. So the two of them are commenting kind of after the fact on what happened. And some of their comments are, you know, are pretty cold about falling in love. And, you know, that, I wanted that that mix of things that it wasn't just, you know, this isn't isn't love wonderful because there's lots of times love isn't wonderful, you know, but it feels wonderful at the same time. Like, there's a line that Gina has about dimension love. There's. No, there's not much difference between the two. I, I think that's very true. I think that's very true too, <laughs> particularly. Yeah, uh, and and, and fall, I, you know, it's, I'm sure it's a little different falling in love when you're older. I've been married a million years, so I can't actually say I've fallen <laughs> in love fresh in my older years. But even when you're married, you kind of fall in love again. You fall right. You there are times you 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 fall in love all fresh with your with your. But honestly, for my husband and I, I found COVID the lockdown was really really nice. You know, just you know, it, you, you're kind of together and you don't have all sometimes of all the stress and tensions of the outside world. You're just there with your cats and and. You know, parts of COVID, you know, were unpleasant. And I'm not saying the mass death was good. But, you know, there's some elements that were really nice, the two of us together. That's nice to hear. I mean, so it either brought people closer together, <laughs> that were thrown together, or, or not. You want to kill them. Yeah, one or the other. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if there's some statistics out there about how many divorces took place after the pandemic, although we're still in it, aren't we? But not to the extent that we were. So, uh, yeah, it would be interesting if somebody does some kind of study about that. Yeah, that would be very interesting. I always say if, if this had happened when I was a teenager, I would have killed my father. So, so I had to stay home there for a year. So, <laughs> no, there's... I, f- I feel for some people, particularly the young people, that it's been very hard for them. Yeah, it has been. It's been hard. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people who are older that are by themselves, it was difficult, too. Yeah. So what's your, um, the next movie, what is, can you talk a little bit about that? Do you have it? Oh, you're going, March 4th is my birthday, by the way. So. Oh, good. Be good luck for us. <laughs> yes. Good. Uh, we have, um, it's about a, a woman who is, his widowed, and then her family have all their expectations and her friends of how she should what she should do and become and she kind of goes in a different direction and our lead is uh sonia smith she's a a wonderful wonderful canadian actress so really happy to get her so yeah looking forward to it except that it's going to be cold i don't that's all are you shooting a lot outside or is it oh as little as possible (laughs) (laughs) for sake it's you're you're part of all of if I can move a scene inside, I'm moving it inside. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're part of all of this weather this year has been pretty amazing. So I can't imagine shooting outside in any of it. It's been so cold. You're, you're in, you're in, what, you're in, you're in LA, right? You're in California? I, I am. I just moved to Santa Barbara from Carmel. I was in Carmel, California, and just before the holidays moved to Santa Barbara. And I absolutely love it here. So I'm like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes away from LA. So yeah, I, I hate to die. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But um, yeah, I, I feel for all my East Coast friends and, and my Canadian friends. It's been a rough winter and it seems like it's going to continue. So yeah, so we send our best wishes to everybody that they stay safe in this weather. What was the most difficult part of this shoot for you? Um, I'm not sure there was this. This one went pretty smoothly. I don't. I can't remember anything as a huge problem in this one. Yeah, this one was quite smooth. Yeah, I don't remember anything 
And man, so I always get tense around casting, you know, you you worry, but yeah, we got we got lucky there. You need luck you need luck to make a movie and we got luck on this one. Yeah. Yeah. For you, what's this the message of this film? Because there's a lot to it. So what for you, what was the message? I think that don't think your life is over. Like even if things around you are suggesting your life is over. And even if other people are treating you like your life is over, you know, your, your life is never over until you actually die. Like this, yeah, don't, don't forget that. Great message. A great message. You know, yeah, keep, keep reinventing yourself. And that's what you did, too. So let's, for people who aren't familiar with your story, we talked about this last time when you were on the show, but um, how you how you became a screenwriter and as you said it was later in life so how did what was that process because you you had a career similar to the one of the character the character gina yeah, mckee's character i wish it had been but um yeah i did statistical analysis analysis and you know my background was math and economics and uh yeah i you know just kind of wandered into it i was you know home with my daughter after i had my daughter and then i got i always wanted to write so i got writing more and then you know, we actually used to go to this small restaurant where there's a guy who was a director there and he was urging me to write screenplays. And I love movies I and mean, movies were my big passion in life. As I said, Thank before you. I had my daughter, I was going three times a week. So kind of wandered into it. And then my husband started taking the scripts around to people because I was with our daughter then. And then he uh, people were saying, oh, you were born to be a movie producer. And as I always say, he didn't know that was an insult. <laughs> But basically, uh, yeah, it suits him, and we got to work together and, and, and raise our daughter. We ended up homeschooling her, not in the old left-wing homeschool, not the new right-wing homeschool way, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it, it worked out, but it might not have. I think if I were looking back now, I'd go, oh, my God, that's crazy. But, um, yeah, we did it. We took some chances. Good for you. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what make, makes life exciting is when you take risk and – whether it's calculated risk or not, sometimes it's jumping off the cliff and just going, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do. So that's what, you know, why you're such an inspiration and in what you're doing, I believe, you know, and that, and that the stories you're telling are those kinds of stories about women taking. Well, you know, Go ahead. Yeah. The other thing is like for women my age, like I, I never imagined myself as a director ever. Like the first, you know, and there weren't many film schools or anything like that. I mean, the first movie we made, I never even imagined directing. And it was actually some of the crew who said, you know, Joan, you should be directing this. And, and I was like, whoa, me you know and i so i do think for women who are older it's 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 been an uphill struggle and things like that you to see yourself doing things but i really hope for young women they really it's easier for them to imagine themselves doing jobs like that well it is opening up i mean more and more you know i think we talked about this a little bit last time too is you know there are more there seem to be more doors opening up than there had been in the past and and more women are paving the way and all of the uh different areas of filmmaking, uh, cinematography, and you know, editing, and, and you know, a lot of the positions that have been more men have held in the past, more women are breaking through, and you're one of those trailblazers uh, in that too. You know, becoming a director, uh, just being a woman, but c- becoming a director later in life and being successful at it. You know, so it, I, yeah, I, it's um, it, it's a shock. It's not how I would have seen myself, but you know, it's fun. <laughs> what's the what's the thing you love most about it? We have about a, a couple seconds or so but what's the thing you love most about directing you know 
It's nice to be the one who makes the decisions. A lot of, you know, where a lot of women are raised not to do that. But, you know, actually, when you when you get on the other side and you're doing it, it's a lot of fun. Good words. <laughs> Good words to end this on. And everybody, please find a grand romantic gesture. It is a movie for adults, for grown-ups. Um, it's a lovely romantic story. It's unique. It's different. It's fun. Great characters, great acting, and great direction and screenwriting. Great to have you on the show, Joan. Always, always a pleasure to talk with you. I love your movies, as I said. So thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. If you've missed any of the Jam Price shows, all of about movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com, where you can find all of the shows that are all archived there, or you can go wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Also, when you're there, rate our show, but you can also find us on our YouTube channel. And go there, please, and subscribe and like. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Jam Price Show. Thank you all for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.